Hey, good morning, Copperfield Church. I hope you're doing well. I want to welcome you to this uh, uh, this kind of different setup, this different service. Um, this morning, we're having an outdoor service um, on the campus, and we're not able to live stream as we normally would, and so we have this pre-recorded service available to you. Uh, but it's the same message, and we want you to join in uh, as we worship the Lord together, as we reflect upon Psalm 19. And so uh, I'm in a little bit different setting. Um, you're going to hear some kids hollering, some cars driving by. You may even hear some wind. Uh, I'm in my backyard. Uh, I feel like it's only appropriate if I'm going to talk about um, listening to God, especially as it relates to Psalm 19, that I should do so in a setting similar to uh, where we would be listening to this outside. And so uh, the, the message itself is going to incorporate some different video and some different things. And so I, I hope that you enjoy it as we spend some time reflecting upon and refocusing our attention upon the glory of God. Uh, what is the glory of God? Uh, it's the public revelation of God's holy, righteous, omniscient, gracious, merciful, omnipotent, kind character. Uh, and what we're going to find is that God reveals his glory in different ways. Um, this morning, specifically as we see it in Psalm 19. And so if you have your Bibles, I would invite you to turn with me. Uh, you should be able to see some of this um, um, uh, on the screen as well. Um, but as I read, uh, there will also be videos that will help you reflect and see uh, with the eyes that God has given us that we might build up our eyes of faith as we see and reflect upon the glory of God. So this is Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and it makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. And then the psalmist transitions here in verse 7 where he talks about uh, general revelation, which we're going to see in a moment in verses 1 through 6. He's going to talk about special revelation in verses um, 7 through the end of the chapter. Uh, verse 11. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. And then here, the psalmist David transitions to the last verses where he's going to reflect upon his own response. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Lord, my rock. In my Redeemer. Would you pray with me as we reflect upon God's Word together this morning?
Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for beautiful weather. We thank you for your mercy toward us. Lord, we are a congregation that is scattered at the moment. Some are gathering in person at this moment. Some are still dispersed in their homes, Lord. Some are very sick. And Lord, we, we want to lift them up and pray that you would, you would bless us as a congregation. We pray that you would heal the sick. You would raise them up, Lord. That you would have mercy upon them and bless them, Lord God, with your presence. I pray that you would bring about even miraculous healing at this very moment as I'm praying, Lord. That you would heal and that you would restore. Lord, I also pray for your people just as we, we are still sorting through and working through what it looks like to be the people of God, as the church of Jesus Christ, spread out all over our community. God, give us wisdom, give us strength. And then, Lord, we pray that you would bless and instruct us this morning as we reflect upon your word. Lord, even as the wind blows now, Lord, we know that your Holy Spirit moves and has sway. Encourage us and strengthen us. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. All right. So here we are. We're reflecting upon what God's word teaches us. And there's two things that I want us to see this morning in the passage, specifically as it relates to the glory of God. The glory of God is revealed in creation, and the glory of God is revealed in his word. Look at verses 1 through 6 with me again. The first way that God reveals his glory is through general revelation, which is revelation that is accessible to all people through creation. Just as everyone is able to see the brightness or the feel the warmth of the sun, so also everyone is able to know that God exists and that he is glorious. Romans 1 verses 19 through 20 talks about this when Paul says, uh, speaks of general revelation. He says, for what can be known about God is plain to humanity. And you can hear my little kitty cat wanting some attention as I'm outside preparing this. Even even cats uh, declared the glory of God in their existence and their presence around us. But God tells us in his word that, that what can be known about God is plain to humanity because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, mainly his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that he has made. So they are without excuse. Therefore, when David writes, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky proclaims his handiwork, he's not simply making a poetic, like a poet, uh, poetic point. He's also making a theological point. He is stressing the need for humanity to live with their eyes open to God's world. What this means, just in a very simple, um, simple way, is to say that we should be worshiping with our eyes open to the world around us. This means that we can worship while we walk in the neighborhood. means that we can worship while playing with children um, at the park. You can worship while riding your bike, lifting weights, running a race. You can worship while watching the sun rise or the sunset. You can worship while even working in an Excel spreadsheet. You can worship while mowing the yard. You can worship while sitting in the pickup line to get your kids from school or waiting for them at the bus stop. You can worship while holding a newborn baby as you wonder at the greatness of God's creation. You were made for these moments. 
You were made to see the glory of God in the everyday aspects of your life. God gave you eyes to see and a brain to perceive that you might know him through what he's revealed about himself. To see the glory of his creation in order that you might behold the glory of his power. The glory of God is revealed in creation around us. You may even hear the birds. You heard my cat just a minute ago. You... um hear the wind that's blowing. All of this is is stirring up within us a response that says, God is glorious. He is our great, majestic, holy, matchless in power and wisdom, God. And He invites us to worship Him and know Him accordingly. Now, He has not only revealed Himself in creation, though He has certainly revealed Himself in creation, but how is the other way he's, he's revealed himself? He's revealed his glory in his word, which is what the psalmist talks about in verses 7 through 11, maybe even include 7 through 12, depending upon how your, your Bible breaks it up. The glory of God in his word. If God's self-revelation of his glory and creation is called general revelation, we would call his revelation of himself and his word special revelation. In God's word, we not only see his greatness, but we see his mercy. Whereas creation is able to reveal that God is great, God's word is able to reveal that he is not only able and powerful, but that he is willing to save and he cares for us. To put it another way, God's word, the scriptures, are a greater and fuller revelation of God's character to us. We learn not only about his might, but we also learn about his glory. Consider the way that David speaks of God's word. He says that God's word is pure, sure, right, pure, clean, and true. It provides us with a perfect picture of God's nature as he's chosen to reveal himself to us. Furthermore, David tells us that there is this great reward found in trusting in and living according to God's word. For David, while it was certainly possible to know that God exists and the power of God through creation, one gets this better picture of what God is like in His Word. We don't have to speculate. We simply open our eyes to behold wonderful things in His Word. So how should we respond to these two types of revelation? In verses 12 through 14, David exemplifies for us what it means to respond to the Lord's self-revelation in His creation and in His Word. David responds with repentance and faith. He repents because of his consciousness of his sin and his rebellion against God. And then he has faith, believing that God will forgive him and cleanse him. Look at those verses again. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sin. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth... And this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. The Lord wants us to see not only his greatness as it's revealed around us in creation. He wants us to see the glory of his mercy that's revealed to us in his word. We know that we may repent of our sins and have faith in God because his word tells us. He sent His only Son, Jesus Christ, into the world in order to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and to reconcile us to Himself.
God's final word of revelation we see is in Jesus Christ, His Son, in Hebrews 1. He came into the world to save sinners like you and like me. He laid His life down to save us. Therefore, when we think about the Lord, as He has revealed Himself in creation and His Word, our response, like David, should be marked with repentance and worship. The more we understand and experience the Lord, the better we will understand ourselves and our relationship to Him. Here's my admonition to you this morning. Here's the application for our sermon. Live with your eyes and your Bibles open that you might behold the glory of God, the glory in His power and His might, and the glory in His grace and His mercy toward us in Jesus. As you're able, uh, get outside and experience and think about. If you're not able to get outside, pull up pictures, pull up videos on the internet of God's glory and creation, the wonder of His beauty in all things. Volunteer to participate in our child care ministry and see the look of, of God's glory in the face of a newborn child. Um, love a neighbor and, and do good to them. Mow your yard to the glory of, of, of God. Watch a bird. Listen to a bird. Sing. Then contemplate how this same great God that sustains all this by the word of His power loves you. And He has so condescended in His glory to let us be known by Him that He might be close to us and near to us. We need to be revived in our thinking about what God has done in His goodness toward us. We need to be revived in our thinking um, and renewed in the way that we see things through this Godward, God-glorifying lens of seeing Him in everything around us, to see His fingerprints in His masterpiece work in our own lives and the lives of the things that He has placed around us. He intends for us to see this and do this that we might glorify Him when we see the sun, when we see the stars, when we see His Son revealed in the Word, that we might respond and say, Lord God, You are great. You are glorious. Lord, forgive me of the sins that I've committed against a God so great and so kind and so merciful and so loving. Have mercy upon me, Lord. Maybe that's you. Maybe this morning you're watching this. And you're thinking to yourself, wow, you know, I never thought about the greatness and the glory of God. And now that I know that I've offended him and I've lived against him in rebellion, what do I do? My, my instruction to you would be not only living with your eyes open to the world around you and your eyes open to the glory of God and his word. My response to you would be to say, call upon the name of the Lord as David does here and ask the Lord to be pleased with the meditation of your heart as you put your affection and your faith in Jesus Christ, his son. Ask God to have mercy upon you. You're going to see on the screen an opportunity for you to call upon the name of the Lord in faith by texting the word pray to the number on the screen. By texting the word pray to that number, someone from our prayer team will contact you and pray with you and help you follow on in this journey to love Christ and to know Him and to, to worship Him in the splendor of His holiness. But you may be thinking, how do I pray? How do I ask the Lord to have mercy upon me? I, I'm going to encourage you just right now to pray with me, and I'm going to give you an idea of what that looks like. You can say, Father, I recognize I'm a sinner. I recognize I see how glorious you are in the creation around me. Lord, I see your greatness and your power. Lord, I pray that you'd have mercy upon me. 
have mercy upon me. I trust that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I believe that He lived. I believe that He died. I believe that He was buried. I believe He rose again and that He ascended to heaven and that He's come again. And I believe He did that to free me from my condemnation and from my sin that I might be made new. Lord, have mercy upon me. Search me. Know me. Lord God, please save me. The promise of God's word to you this morning is if you've called upon the name of the Lord in faith, in sincerity, he is faithful and just to save, to save to the uttermost. And so this great God that surrounds us with so much glory in creation and this great God that reveals his glory in his word, he's inviting you this morning to put your trust in him. I pray that you would do that. I pray that all of us would do that, that we would see him in the glory of who he is. I pray that you would come to know him. Let me pray as we close. As you reflect on the message this week, feel free to reach out to our staff by emailing care at copperfieldchurch.com. We would love to hear from you and pray for you. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and our other podcast, Equip for Good. Thanks for listening.